Today's sponsor is Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus. Are you looking for help with trying to lose weight? Well, this could be the solution for you. With a range of products such as shakes, boosters, capsules, and more, get started today simply by adding Kirsty on Facebook using the link in the show notes and get started today. For the ad-free version of this podcast, please visit our Patreon page and become a patron at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts in that month and all of the previous ad-free podcasts that we've done. Head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. The link's in the description. To random gaming talk it is entertainment talks podcast for video games i'm your host matthew joining me today is roberts how are you today uh for the most part i'm doing good this is the unfortunate time of the year over here where i'm at where the weather is very very gray okay i mean you look outside you don't see you know blue skies or clouds it's just a very thin veneer of clouds enough to make everything look like almost black and white photo but okay. you know just gray and overcast and it's raining right now but raining you know i'll take rain ahead of snow but still it's uh mm-hmm. the weather's not exactly conducive to you know having fun and being out but hey that just means more time inside playing video games yes it does yes it does uh i've been okay yeah i've had a few issues to deal with got one thing coming up this week which uh there's no point in me really talking about it. it has nothing to do with entertainment talk uh it's just something i'm not quite looking forward to this week um but apart from that just been trying to do stuff for the site and uh trying to get myself better and uh finish finish some video games which i have done this week uh so while you've been inside away from the weather what have you been playing uh, i've been plowing through uh south park i just finished up yep. to the point to where Cartman's alter ego talking hand kidnaps your parents, and that's kind of where I stopped. So I figure I'm like okay. maybe two thirds ish of the way through the game. Yeah, and you're close to the end. I don't know if you yeah, finished figured... today, but you're you're close to the end. So yeah. Uh, so, so what do you think of it so far? Ah, uh, it's one of those things that I don't dislike it. I do think that. They're trying a little too hard with the, you know, the toilet humor, as it were, mm-hmm. you know, for all the butt jokes and whatnot. It's not that I don't think it's funny. I mean, on some level, it is uh, pretty funny. Yeah. I just, like I said, I think they're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, the gameplay me- mechanics fine, and uh, uh, all the other parts of it are, you know, perfectly acceptable. It's definitely a good game. I don't know if I'd call it game of the year. But uh, it's definitely an interesting game to play. I don't know. Somewhat, maybe one of my top five for the year, but I don't know if, like, second or first. I'm not sure yet. Um, I've actually started thinking about that for our, our little mini awards sort of thing um, that we're, we're going to do at the end of the year. Um, what, what else have you been playing then? Uh, well, for people that are gold members, they started the uh, Black Friday sales early. They're actually live now. So I picked up Rocket League for 10 bucks, and I've been getting into that oh cool 
How so, I mean, I have it? it on... It's a fun game. I mean, I own it on PC already. It was yeah. a, a Steam sale that I picked up for like five bucks. And so it's a good game. You know, I'll probably start streaming that more once I get, you know, better at the game and not suck. But other than that, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of time mm. to game this week. And it's going to be even less this week because it's uh, uh, Thanksgiving over here in the States. So that means, uh, you know, travel, family, all that other fun stuff I like to avoid. <laughs> right, right. Um yeah, uh, Rocket League's out for the Switch now, I think, um, as well. I saw I saw Brian Altano talking about it on Twitter. Um, and, and there's this, like, handheld website thing I follow. They do mainly, like, PS Vita and Switch news, more on the Switch side this, these days. Um, but they, they sort of tweet when, when new games are out for those, those consoles. I think it came out. Because um, they're releasing a bunch of games at once, like uh, Xenoblade, Chronicles X comes out, L.A. Noir just came out. Uh, Rocket League just came out, Lego Marvel, Superheroes just came out, <laughs> Doom just came out, uh, Skyrim just came out, so pl- plenty of stuff to, to play on the Switch. I mean, some of those games are pretty big as well, uh, like Skyrim and, and stuff, so lots of stuff to play on that. Um, so Anything else you've been playing? Uh, not really, no. I mean, I dab a little bit of here, a little bit of there, nothing overly serious, though. Okay. Um, so I actually finished uh, Assassin's Creed Origins this uh, this weekend, or I think it was on Friday. Um, yeah, I think it was on Friday I finished it. Uh, definitely more impressed with it than, than what I was when I was in the grinding stage. I actually kind of got into this situation where I did a couple of more, I did a couple more um, side quests and got to like level 28, almost 29. Then I did mm-hmm. the main mission, which was the level 28 one that I was on. That gave me enough to go like halfway through to 29. And then the next mission was level 30, I think. So as long as you're two levels... If you have a level level 30 mission and you're level 28, it's doable. But if you're three levels behind, so if you're level 27, it means you can still attempt the mission, you can still go into it. It's not, like, blocked. But like the enemies are going to be so much more tougher and you'll get killed in, like, one, one hit and stuff like that. Um, but it actually got to a point where, and, and quite, in quite a good way, that the later mission, like the end game missions of the game, were giving me enough, enough XP to just continue through that. So then I just like didn't have to do any more side quests. Um, really like the the ending to the game. I won't I won't spoil it, but I'll update my uh, review this week to give you my thoughts on the plot. Because uh, that was kind of the one thing that was missing from my review. I basically talked about you know Assassin's Creed's return and and the gameplay and stuff. But I didn't really talk that much about the plot because there wasn't much in it at the time um but once you get towards the end game stuff it really starts to kick into the gear which i was i was quite happy with so pretty happy with it overall um i'm excited to see if they do more with bayek and i hope that they do because the way they left it there's lots of potential and stuff with his character and with like that world and the story and stuff um so i, ho- I hope they managed to uh, to go back to it i mean they did but like three, four, five games with Desmond and like Ezio and Altair and that. So I'm hoping that they they do return to Bayek um, and Aya uh, and see see where they can go with those characters. Because uh, this is essentially like a reboot for Assassin's Creed, um, but with some elements still sort of there, some like hints of characters and stuff, which I won't really go into until my review. Uh, but I'm pretty happy with it overall. Um, then I got my copy of Star Wars uh, through, through the post for my rental thing, which 
if you are a new listener as my uh rental package basically from from boomerang uh, so I played that and finished that in in one day because the, the campaign was pretty short. I jumped into multiplayer for a bit just to see what sort of the situation was because you know we, we've heard all this stuff about it and that, but I wanted to see what it was like. I didn't really look into the loot boxes and all that sort of stuff, and we'll talk about the updates of that in a minute. But um, I just sort of wanted to jump in and see what the situation was, and it, it's okay. Um, I wrote a sort of review of the state of the game i talked a little bit about loot boxes and multiplayer but mostly talked about the campaign and stuff that's going to be coming out uh later today um so look out for that as well but apart from that i'm now waiting for um forza 7 to to arrive and uh i'll see what else i, I can't think of the games that are on my list but there's there's quite a few so like shadow of um was mordor the first one shadow of was the second one isn't it um some, I'm waiting for to maybe play some of those and stuff like that. So uh, I'll see what comes up next. Uh, just before we get into some news and stuff, I uh, just want to let you know what's happening at entertainmenttalk.org. Um, so as I mentioned, my Star Wars review is, is coming out today. Um, I'm also going to be updating my Assassin's Creed review, as I just mentioned. Uh, hopefully this week we'll have something to do with um, Justice League. I went to see that on Friday and I was I was pretty happy with it. Um, I wasn't sure what to think at all, but we'll have a hopefully have a podcast later in the week um, about all that stuff. Uh, what else is there? Last week I finished my um, reviews for Star Trek Discovery. We had the mid-season finale or the winter finale, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so that's finished as well. Uh, Walking Dead is still currently ongoing, so you can check the reviews out for that. Uh, last week, me and Robert came back and uh, sort of caught up with the CW DC shows and gave our sort of thoughts on the seasons. Yeah, seasons, because there's four of them. Um, of those so far, so those have been quite good. Uh, I think that's about it for what we've been doing at the moment. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned to the website, uh, entertainmenttalk.org, for all of that. So, should we move into some third-party Xbox PC news? Yeah. Cool. Alright, we'll see you in a second for that. Okay, I've got two big kind of stories and they're both in this section, so I'll just I'll just do those. Uh so I don't want to hark on this too much because I already did a sort of mini podcast and it's been talked about loads and loads and loads. Um and I basically brought this in to get your kind of opinion because we've not really discussed this fully yet. And there's been several updates and stuff, so I wanna kinda you know, get a, a full discussion of, of all this stuff. Uh, so this is to do with the EA Star Wars Battlefront situation for Battlefront 2. Um, I'll just read out what I have uh, for this and then we can go from there. All in-game purchases for Star Wars Battlefront 2 have now been removed, uh, with all progression now exclusively tied to gameplay. EA is bringing back microtransactions quote, at a later date. Why? We, we, we have no idea. But not until the studio has some time to make unspecified changes to the game. More details on this on these changes will come later as DICE considers more feedback. Um, one possibility is that Battlefront 2's microtransactions will return as cosmetic only. Uh, so like an Overwatch type game. Uh, but this is just speculation. So this is from uh, GameSpot where I usually get my news. Uh, we have created a game that is built on your input and it will continue to evolve and grow, uh, someone at EA says. 
As it stands, all of Battlefront 2's DLC maps will be free, though there is no word as to yet uh, today if announcements have changed for that. Uh, the removal of the game's microtransactions come just hours before Battlefront 2 actually launched, so it was like the night before, I think, that, that they actually pulled them from the game. Uh, it's due to launch everywhere on November 17th, which has, co- has of course already come out. As mentioned, it's been available for some time already because of early access and beta and all that stuff. Uh, Microtransaction systems are commonplace in AAA games today. In fact, it is rare for a big game to not have microtransaction systems. Uh, What's different about Battlefront 2's system is that players could spend real money for the chance to unlock items and weapons that actually affect gameplay. And that's uh, part of the reason why players got so stirred up about it. Rockstar's Grand Theft Auto Online also offers microtransactions, and they make up uh, parent. Uh, sorry, they they are a part of um, publisher Take Two's, and um, they're a big part of that. Star Wars Battlefront 2's microtransaction uh, loot crate system has been highly uh, controversial, running back to when players discovered how the system worked in October's beta. Uh, loot box. Loot boxes come with random items, but instead of things that are cosmetic only, they can also contain in-game affecting things like deadlier grenades, cloaking abilities, and stuff like that. Naturally, some portion of the audience did not enjoy this. Uh, developer DICE made major changes to the credit unlock values for heroes, reducing the game in currency cost by 75% for characters like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, because they were the two that were most sort of complained about. However, no changes were made to the actual microtransaction uh, system until now. Today's actions uh, come just a day after Belgium's Gambling Authority launched an inter- investigation into Battlefront 2 and Overwatch as well, uh, over concerns that its loot crate system could constitute gambling. In response to that, EA came out with a statement that stressed Battlefront 2's loot crate systems is, quote, not gambling. Earlier this week, DICE held a Reddit AMA, which is Ask Me Anything, I think that's what that stands for, in which it responds to, uh, among other things, about concerns about Battlefront 2's microtransactions. Uh, The developer said microtransactions are available as an optional way to potentially speed up your progress. Everything that you can get in a loot crate can also be obtained uh, by gameplay. Uh, Quote, regarding microtransactions, we want players to enjoy their progression through the game and want gameplay to be fair all along the way. The developer said, quote, microtransactions are there for player choice but won't be a requirement to play or succeed at the game and like everything else we'll continue to tweak things going forward. Um, so where do you stand on this situation? Well, I mean, it's definite. I've heard a lot of arguments for and against microtransactions. Yeah. My personal opinion is is that if you're spending sixty dollars on a game, they should either be completely cosmetic or have no effect on your progression ability. Mm-hmm. If it's a free game, then I have no problem with that. Yeah, like, you know, like if it's a free app, purchases thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I was actually listening to the What's Good Game podcast yesterday, and they had a long segment on that. Okay, I need to listen uh, talking... to that still, that, that uh, particular podcast. 
Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things they talk about. It's almost like a three-hour podcast. Really? Um, so yeah. they went really long on this week. Um, I'll, have, I'll have a listen. Basically, yeah, basically their thing is, is that you're already buying the game once at $60. And yeah. obviously, you know, $60 US has been about the benchmark for what a new game will cost for mm-hmm. like the last 10 years. But development costs are kind of going high. So they're using microtransactions as a way to offset that cost. Uh, but the way the EA set up everything, it was definitely a pay-to-win because the stuff that you would get through the loot boxes would directly affect gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it doesn't really affect me a whole lot because those are the kinds of games that I really don't play. Right. Anything to where yeah. it's like a MOBA or just, you know, you're on the same map over and 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 over again doing the same things. Those aren't the games that I really enjoy, so they don't affect me that much. Uh, the gambling aspect is interesting because technically gambling is whatever the state or the city uh, says it is. A uh, little known fact, back in the 1930s uh, in New York, Pinball games were considered gambling. Right. Okay. So they decided, you know, those are a form of gambling, even though you really couldn't win anything. Mm-hmm. I think the main. And there's con- always- I think the main concern with Star Wars here, and the reason that the gambling thing has come up, and why the uh, Belgium gambling authorities got involved, is because um, Star Wars itself is targeted basically at all ages. It you can be a child and watch it. You can be and a very old person or, or any ages in between that. And I think the issue is that, like, um, children are going to be playing this game, whether they're supervised or not. Some children probably aren't supervised because uh, the parents probably think, okay, you know, it's Star Wars, it's, like, cartoony fantasy violence sort of thing, um, and they will just maybe leave them to play it. And the issue there is if your credit card's on the PS4, the Xbox, the PC, whatever you're playing this on, that those kids could have access to stuff, um, and that's where the whole gambling issue, I think, has 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 come in, and why it's been brought up, is because that's basically now being labelled as gambling for children, which it kind of is to some degree. I, I wouldn't really consider it gambling because I mean it's a it's definitely it... a chance, but it's not like yeah. you can win anything tangible with it. I mean, it's not like. You're gambling like a lotto ticket, and you're trying to get money out of it or mm-hmm. anything like that. All you're doing is getting in-game items. So I personally wouldn't consider it gambling, but like I said before, gambling's whatever the government says it is. So mm-hmm. it, it's to me, it's gambling to some degree, but it's not the same as like placing a bet on something. But it is the case of you pay for this loot box and you get a random item, that's where the gamble aspect comes in. It's not the case of, like, you're directly buying the gun. Again, I, I don't really know if that's a thing in the game, but in terms of these loot boxes and microtransactions, that's where this thing comes in. So that that's that's basically where I stand with it. Um, so, yeah. But the, the whole thing's just turned into a massive mess, and EA's just, you know in such a storm at the moment with this stuff and you know they're i know it's not really as big of a deal but their um their reddit comments were like the most downvoted on reddit which doesn't mean anything particular but it's just it's again this is really 
it boils down to bad PR for, for EA because when people see that and see how they're responding and see how people are responding back to them and it's just a big mess and because Star Wars is so massively popular, you know, it's a billion dollar franchise, it just reflects really badly on them in this situation. Um, the the thing that confuses me with this this update in particular is okay they they removed the micro uh, transactions loot boxes and stuff um but them saying we'll add it back at a later date is just baffling to me because like why why would you not just like leave this off of your game entirely now that you've seen how much damage it can cause money it's yeah, but one of those things that they know people will spend money on it so i know but yeah I mean, and I mean, I, <laughs> and I know that that's a cynical answer, but that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this on the podcast a while back. Uh, GTA Five was making literal millions of dollars through the in-game purchases for the shark money. Mm. And it's not like you can't make that money out grindingly. Uh, you can. Um, it just takes a while, or you have to get into a, like a fun game type. That does like a double XP, double you know money weekend, mm-hmm. and then just grind the crap out of that. I mean, what would be worse if they if they said we're going to take these these things off? They do that. They don't say they're going to add them back, but then later they do. Or the fact that they've admitted that they're going to at some point later. Like, is it, the whole situation is just such a mess, and um. I don't know, like, people are, like, boycotting EA and, and stuff like that, and, yeah, I, I don't know what else to really say about it. Uh, I did do a little sort of mini podcast during last week when um, this news started to come about, because uh, I had some, like, off-the-cuff thoughts, and I just recorded a little mini thing, so if you want to listen to that, uh, that's that's available on the site as well. Um, but do you think EA will ever really recover from this, or people will just always sort of swear them off? No matter what they do? Uh, I don't think they'll swear them off no matter what they do. I mean, gamers just like to get angry at things. That's that's a given. Um, so it's one of those things that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll whine and they'll moan for a bit. Uh, but nobody's really going anywhere with EA on that, so. Yeah, I mean, let's say they make another console game and it's $60. But let's say... Let's say it's a game that's really, really unpopular, so the complete opposite of Star Wars, but they do the same thing. That's still just as bad, but it wouldn't be as public. I I, I feel like it, it doesn't make it any any better. It's still just as bad if they did do that. It's just the case on, on EA's part that them doing this with Star Wars, such a popular thing, has brought to light so much stuff. So, Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about this, or should we should we move on? Because we're, uh, we're bound to get updates at some point, and we'll talk about them when they come around, but I feel like I've kind of said what I want to say. Yeah, for now, it's kind of good on that, so... Okay, but we'll probably get an update, so... Uh, hopefully it will be... Hopefully it'll be something good, because... Yeah, I don't know, but... We'll see what EA decides to do. Uh, let's move on to some much, much more positive news, some recognition... Of the games, uh, we got the Game of the Year awards uh, nominations. Not for our Game of the Years, <laughs> but uh, the actual um, Game Awards hosted by Jeff Keighley. Uh, 
so I'm gonna I'm just gonna read the nominations out. I don't know if I read every single one because there's like tons and tons of categories. Uh, but the game of the year itself, we've got uh, Legends of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. We've got Super Mario Odyssey, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, or PUBG, whatever you want to call it, Persona 5, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, so what I'd like to do is, if we say which one we think is going to win, and which one we'd like to see win, regardless of if we've played all these or not, which we, we haven't. Um, so out of those, which, which uh, side are you going towards? Uh, that's one of those things that I... There, every single game on there, I can absolutely see, yeah, that kind of deserves to be a game of the year. Mm-hmm. With, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey, those are both games that were hugely influential, hugely uh, uh, console sellers. I mean, those those games moved consoles. Yeah. Uh, with Horizon Zero Dawn, I didn't play it i do at some point if i ever get around to buying a ps4 uh but it was a brand new ip and anytime a brand new ip does that well mm-hmm. you know it always deserves some recognition uh PUBG, there's actually a, an intense debate on whether or not that game should even qualify yeah, I was gonna ask for that game that. of the year because i mean technically it is still in alpha mm-hmm. it's not officially released yet uh, but even though it is still an alpha, I mean, it has millions of streams, and we talked about that before, to where at one point it had like 2 million concurrent uh, people playing it, yeah. and that's like MMO level crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's also another intense debate they get in on the What's Good Game podcast. Yeah. I think I it mean... was Andrea Renee. I forget so, who it was, but I think it was Andrea Renee saying that if PUBG actually won, she would backflip off the earth. She was so <laughs> mad about that. Uh, all right, cool. I can't wait to listen to that, just to see what the conversation... But was this all in the same, this week's podcast? Yeah, this is all in the same podcast for this week. Cool, cool. I'm looking forward to that. Because uh, I've got a lot of bus journeys to go on tomorrow, <laughs> so... Uh, oh, you'll, you won't have to worry about that, because that podcast is like two and a half, three hours long. Wow, cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, PUBG itself, um, it's not like it's a beta. I mean, let's say you had a game that was released for beta this year, but is not released till next year, and then it gets nominated. Then you have a bit of an issue because the game itself wouldn't actually be out. Whereas people have been playing PUBG, people have been ranking up. It's still an alpha, um, and I think it it deserves to be on here. So. Um, just because it's in alpha, it's still playable. You can still rank up and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, I think it's still a um, a uh, allowed to be a contender. Uh, for me personally, um, my ge- my actual game of the year, I'm leaning towards Crash Bandicoot, but that isn't on here. Um, see, I haven't played Zelda or Mario. Uh, I have been meaning to play Persona, but I haven't yet. Uh, PUBG isn't out for consoles yet, uh, until the 12th of December on the Xbox. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn I've played and finished. Um, I think the one that's going to win, I think it's maybe going to be Zelda. Um, and I th- the one that I'd like to win I think is Horizon Zero Dawn. Maybe because it's the, one I've, the only one I've actually played. Uh, but I liked it quite a bit and I thought it did do, um, a really good job for a first, um, outing for a new IP. So that's kind of where I stand. But I think any of these could. 
Uh, of course, they're all um, worthy worthy contenders. Uh, but they're all kind of popular in their different sense. I mean, Zelda and Mario are the two big uh, Switch games this year. Um, no matter how many they release, those are the two sort of big system sellers, I think, if if you looked at the system um, when, when maybe you go to buy it or something. Uh, but PUBG is still very popular. Persona 5, I hear a lot of good people talking about that. Or a lot of people talking very, very well about that. So I don't know, but I think any of them, I don't think any of them are like an underdog here, really. So, we'll have to see. It's on December 7th, the Game Awards. Um, and I think it's at like um, 8.30 Eastern Time. So that's like 1.30am over here. So I'll probably just watch it the next day or something. So let's go down to Best Game Direction. Um, and you have Wolfenstein 2, of course the new one that was released this year. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey and Horizon Zero Dawn. Which ones would you go for here? Oh, it's kind of tough because I haven't played any of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big, like people know, I'm not a big, you know, first-person shooter fan. So, you know, Wolfenstein's probably not something I'm ever going to play. At some point, I might get a Switch. To, I, you know, again, I'm still hung up on the controllers just because, bit, you know, I can't, I can't play a game if, um, if it's not comfortable for me to hold the controller. Yeah. Um, How about Resident Evil? Eh. I mean, I vaguely remember playing Resident Evil when it was, like, you know, on the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not a series that I've ever really gotten into, so... Yeah. It's a, it is a series that's been a bit all over the place. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Uh, mm-hmm. With some either really good releases, some middle good releases, and some really bad ones, so... <laughs> uh, Resident Evil 5 I'm looking at you um, <laughs> the AI in that game is just questionable at best uh, but for best game direction I mean for something, See, I'm not that, even for something 100%. that revived the series I would say Resident Evil 7 because it did just go in a new direction quote unquote whereas yeah. Not not to say any of these are the same old thing, but in terms of a game that changed itself more, uh, Resident Evil Seven, because um, like I know Mario went Mario goes to New York or whatever, but uh, they tur- they basically turned Resident Evil back from a, a third person action game to a first person survival horror. So I think I I think I would go with Resident Evil just for the like effort and change that that was put in there. Again, I haven't played uh, Wolfenstein Two yet. I do in- intend to play that soon. Um. And for New Direction, I don't know in what way... I'm not saying it doesn't deserve to be in this category, but for a new IP, does that really... Like, what's the sort of credentials there? Well, see, that's that's what I was talking about, is I'm not 100% sure what they mean in, you know, for Game Direction. Are they talking about uh, new gameplay? Are they talking about new story mm-hmm. direction? Uh, it's one of those things that it really kind of needs a little bit more clarification as to what they're judging it on. Yeah, and it doesn't really uh, say but, anything here. So. Yeah, but none of the games on that list I have any kind of a real problem with. I mean, oh, yeah. Obviously, Zelda and uh, Super Mario were huge games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zero Dawn, again, it's not something I've played, but I do kind of want to play it at some point if I ever get a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the others... I wouldn't play even if I could, so it doesn't really affect me there. Okay, I'd go with Resident Evil. 
Uh, let's scroll down a bit more. Best narrative. Uh, I'm running this in the browser, so it might be a tiny bit slow, but it's keeping up at the moment. Uh, best narrative. We've got What Remains of Edith, Edith Finch, uh, which I haven't really heard much about. Uh, Nia Ultimata, or however, however you say that. I'll just say Nia for the, for the sake of this. Mm -hmm. uh, Hellblade, Tenuous Sacrifice, Wolfenstein 2, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Best narrative. Um, I don't. I don't actually know what the narrative is for Edith Finch. I don't really know what the what the story is there. Um, so unfortunately, I can't really speak much to that. Um, I think I'd go with Hellblade for this one. Just just for the whole look at mental health type storyline that, that, that they've got there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know sort of what Wolfenstein's about, but I don't really know the plot and stuff. Uh, and Horizon Zero Dawn, I th I thought. Uh, had a good narrative, but it did do a lot of setup for future games, which is good as well. You do kind of need that if you're going to build this into a franchise. But I felt it was more a bit more build up than actual main story. It did still have a good main story to it, but I felt like it was a bit more of a stepping stone. So I think I'd go with with Hellblade here. Uh, how about you? Uh not really anything on my radar for that. So uh, maybe near, just because. It seems to be the most unique title out there. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Again, I'll have to look into Edith Finch. I've heard some really good stuff about it, but I don't really know anything about it at all. Uh, but I think I'd go for, for Hellblade in this situation. Uh, best art direction: Destiny Two, Cuphead, uh, Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Persona Five, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I don't think I'd say Destiny. Um, Carphead, maybe? I mean, it's the most unique out of them. It went back to the old sort of style games and stuff. Uh, Persona 5 has a little bit of that in it, but I've not really seen too much of it. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn had some really good scenery, and Z Zelda's probably similar in that way, because they are similar games, so. Uh, but I think I'd go with, with Carphead here. How about you? Yeah, I'd probably go with Cuphead just because they hand drew all that animation. So for art direction, they're obviously you know one put the most into it, and two they uh, uh, had the most unique art look out of anything. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to that you know throwback look from the uh, uh, you know 30s and 40s cartoon style. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think I'd go I'd go with that here. Um. Yeah, so that's it for that category. Scroll down to uh, best audio design. Got Destiny 2, Hellblade, Resident Evil 7, Mario and Zelda. Um, wait, what's this for again? Best best audio design. With the whole, I would say here with the whole um, voices in the headphones kind of thing that Hellblade's got got going on. I think that's quite unique because you basically I haven't played it, but I've I've watched a good a good chunk of it. Um, and you essentially get like the, these voices that are like talking to you and stuff, um, and I think I think that's that's kind of unique. Uh, Destiny Two's probably got a lot of you know cool sci-fi stuff in it. Uh, Resident Evil Seven doesn't really have that much audio, although what they do have is is quite cool. Um, what would you go with here? Uh, don't really have a one that I would go with because. Mm -hmm. None of them I've played, and none of them have really jumped out. Okay, uh, but I think I'd, I'd go with Hellblade. So I kind of have to do a pass on that one. 
Okay. Best performance. This is for voice acting and, and whatnot. Uh, Melina from Hellblade, who plays Senua herself. Uh, Laura Bailey, Uncharted Lost Legacy as Nadine. Uh, Claudia Black from Uncharted as Chloe. Um, Ashley Birch from Horizon Zero Dawn as Aloy. And then Brian Bloom for BJ Blakowski, something like that. Um, from Wolfenstein 2. Last word, yeah. Yeah. Um, where am I with it? I don't know. I haven't seen much of the performance. Again, I've probably not seen or played of it and played with it enough. Uh, or played played it at all. Um, but Senu from Hellblade, I don't recall much voice acting and stuff. Again, I haven't probably seen those parts yet, so I can't really judge it from from that angle. Um, I did really like Chloe and the Dean from Uncharted. Um, I think I'd go with Chloe. Or, or Claudia Black from Uncharted. Uh, how about you? That's another one of those that I'd have to do a pass on just because I haven't played any of those, haven't heard any of those. Mm-hmm. So it's not really anything that uh, I could even comment on accurately. Cool. Uh, games for impacts. Let's see what the next one down is as well. Uh, best ongoing game. I think we'll we'll do these two and then uh, maybe come back to this later or something. Uh, games for Impact, um, I was got a little bit of something here, it says for a thought, thought-provoking game with a profound pro-social meaning or, or message, um, I think it's fairly self-explanatory anyway from the title, uh, Please Knock on My Door from Laval Games, Night in the Woods from Infinite Fall, Life is Strange Before the Storm from uh, Square Enix, or Squeenix as people like to call them, uh, Bury Me My Love uh, from The Pixel Hunt, what Remains of Edith Finch, and Hellblade Senior Sacrifice. Um, I need to play Before the Storm, but from Life is Strange, and I've not seen any of the others apart from Hellblade, but for impact and what I've read and the response and stuff like that, I think I'd have to go with Hellblade here. How about you? Uh... I would have to probably go with uh, Life is Strange. I haven't played that game, but I mm-hmm. did play the first one. I really couldn't get into it as a gameplay mechanic because it was, you know, I felt like I was just kind of wandering around doing nothing. Um, and that's obviously not the point of the game. What little narrative I did get into, uh, I didn't really like it, but I didn't hate it, if that makes any sense. I mean, it's one of those things that You're a bit in the I middle. can see... I can see where they were going with it. It wasn't anything that would be something that I would want to watch, but it I can understand why some people would want to do that. Okay. Um, so, and I know that uh, it continues along that path for the for the second one. So I might have to do that just as like kind of a default, I guess. Okay. Um, so the last two I'm going to do is best ongoing game and then there's best handheld because I want to kind of discuss that a bit as well. So best ongoing game, we've got Warframe, Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch, Grand Theft Auto Online, uh, Destiny 2 and PUBG, Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Um, this might be a little bit of bias but I think I'd go with Overwatch <laughs> if uh, if you, you wouldn't have already guessed that. Mm-hmm. Um... Just for the constant updates that happen now, which I can't even keep up with anymore. Uh, but, um, 
of all of the ones that I've played, I have played Warframe. The only one I haven't played, the only two I haven't really played properly is Destiny and PUBG. I have played some of Rainbow Six Siege, and I did really like it. Um, GTA Online, I have, I did quite like. I find Overwatch a bit more, just a bit different to to GTA, of course. Um, so I think I'm going to go with Overwatch. How about you? Yeah, I would definitely go with Overwatch just because I wouldn't uh, call PUBG anything progression other than just, uh, you know, still doing updates to get it to function. I mean, I can kind of play it on mine, but I don't, I can't play it anywhere near uh, uh, detail levels. Yeah. Um, I I actually had to turn the... Uh, the settings way way down just to make it so that it didn't lag like crazy. Oh, okay. Um, but Overwatch, I mean, I've never played it, but I see the constant updates. I see they've added tons of new characters. They're retweaking, you know, power sets and power skills and things like that. So they're definitely, uh, you know, making progress in the game. So I would definitely be okay picking that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd still go, still go with Overwatch. Um. So the last one I want to read out here is best handheld game. Now, with the Switch coming out and it being a console and a handheld, do you think we could see this category drift away a bit? Or do you think it might drift a bit more into the mobile space? Because the mobile games are still kind of in that space. I don't really... I wouldn't really consider it a mobile game in that sense. Because when you think mobile games, you're thinking uh, non-controller games. So, like, your smartphones and your tablets to where, you know, obviously some tablets are bigger than the Switch, but they don't really have a physical control scheme. It's more tapping on the screen. So I really wouldn't categorize it as a mobile game. Handheld, you know, even though it is a console, it's a handheld console, so I don't really see that drifting away anytime soon. Uh, But eventually, it's going to be only Nintendo in that category, because it's not like the Vita has a big presence or anything like that, and the uh, Switch is just selling way too many copies. I mean, I remember when they projected their numbers, and I openly mocked them for it, and the way the system keeps selling is it may may actually beat those numbers earlier than they projected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Switch is still, it does still come under handheld. Um, I know it's still a, a console and stuff, but it is also a handheld, so it does uh, come under that as well. Um, and you've got uh, Poochie and Yoshi's uh, Woolly World, um, which I think is one that's coming out, or it might already be out, I'm not sure. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories, Metroid, Samus Returns, which I know a lot of people love that series, like really love that series. Uh, Ever Oasis and Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadow of uh, Valentia. Um, I'd, I'd have to just go with Metroid just for the enormous popularity and the amount of people that freaked out when um, when Metroid Four was announced. Because uh, I've I've seen some YouTube reaction stuff and there was there was some excited people. So yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah, um, like way more than what I thought. Like I knew the game was popular, but I didn't know it was that like loved so uh but i've never really been in that sort of fan base or anything like that so uh yeah good luck best luck best of luck to all the games that have been nominated for stuff um you're mostly as good as each other 
<laughs> uh, most of these categories. So uh, best of luck to everyone and all the developers and stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking about that in December. What do you have for third party PC Xbox? Interesting stuff. You talked about your game rental queue and how you got the games. You're not quite sure what's in your group. Yeah. And if you remember last week, we talked uh, extensively about the GameStop uh, PowerPass rental subscription. Uh, they've actually paused it. It took them all of two days to pause that uh, Game Pass. Uh, according to the article, the video game retailer's $60 subscription program has been placed on an indefinite hold for a few weeks. Uh, the reason is not clear, but from what I can gather, it sounds like it's a technical issue. Uh, the program limitations, obviously, you know, you go in, show your card, take a game out, back and forth. From everything that I'm reading from the different articles, it doesn't sound like they were really set up for the logistics of that. Mm-hmm. Of trying to manage games and things like that. Uh, for those who have already purchased the service, we are allowing them to bring in pass, the pass and video games they've already checked out receive a full refund. In addition, we are allowing them to pick out any pre-owned video game for free. Uh, so, if they're doing that, then they're clearly not planning on bringing it back anytime soon. So this is to do with um, the, is it, uh, which store is it again? I know which store you're talking about. This was about. The, the GameStop Power Pass, to where yeah. you, you paid 60 bucks, and then you got one game at a time, but unlimited rentals for six months. And at the end of the six months, any of the games that you rented, you could get to keep. Right. And so they they put a pause on that until they get the logistics worked out. Okay. Is it any kind of, like, stock problem or or something like that? They don't say. I've read read three different articles about it, and none of them mention the specifics on it. So they were all guessing that it was some kind of logistics thing. Um, and I gotta imagine that would kind of be the case because something like that seems like it should be more of a through the mail service, uh, just because of inventory issues and things like that. Um, so it's always hard telling why they chose that, but the fact that if they're if you go into the GameStop and if you've already purchased it, they'll give you a free refund and a free used game. I don't think they're bringing it back anytime soon. Okay. I remember when I first mentioned Boomerang to you. Um, by the way, they don't—they're not actually a sponsor or anything, so I feel like I can freely talk about them. Um, they're just a service that I use that I, I happen to talk about because yeah, it involves games and stuff. Because um, I always feel a bit weird when I talk about it, but they're not a sponsor or anything, so I can uh, freely talk about them. But I remember when I first brought it up and you talked about GameFly or something. It was, an, it was mm-hmm. there was another rental service that you mentioned, and you said that um, they had to like stop or something because they ran out of stock or like the, their demands were too high basically um is this well from what i could yeah from what i could gather from the game fly thing the games that people wanted to rent were like super super popular and they can never keep it in stock uh so you like have your list of games and you might get a game that was like number nine on your list just because they didn't have the inventory for it Okay, yeah, um, so this has been paused because of, like, technical problems and stuff, this, uh, GameStop one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it is it's difficult when you only have a certain amount of games and stuff, and you you struggle with stock, and you have to say to your customers, "Look, like you're gonna have to wait a long time for these games because we haven't got any to send out to you." Um, which I do notice on, on my boomerang sometimes. If if there's a what's a good example? Um, I think when Wolfenstein 2 came out, I had it on my list just to, just because I I'd added it at some point. Um, and I wasn't in the process of wanting to get it, but I remember I had it on my list, and for, like, two, three weeks or something, um, it said, like, all of them were on rent, because it gives me this, it's this little status thing next, next to each game to say, like, short, medium, long wait, or, like, um, all on rent, and for a while it was on, on that, so, yeah, it can be, it can be difficult to, to do that, I imagine, as well, so, um, I don't know, but it's a difficult thing to to get around. So, um, yeah, so I hope they sort it out. Yeah, uh, I like the idea. I don't I don't know if I'd ever sign up for it, but I do like the idea of it, just because it feels like it's more than just a pure rental service. The fact that at the end of the six months you get to keep one of the games, mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't feel like it's a total waste of your money. And that's honestly, I don't have time to. You know, it's not like I'm in high school to where I can have like three, four hours a day to consistently play games. Because I used to do that a lot when I was in high school. I would go to the video store on a Friday, spend like five bucks to rent a game, um, beat it by the weekend, yeah. and then return it in. Um, of course, this is back in the uh, Super Nintendo days, so that was long time ago. <laughs> um, I don't have the desire or the inclination or, frankly, the time to do something like that anymore. So this Right. You know, that $60, you know, that's what you would spend on a new game. So basically you would try a few games and then whichever one you liked the most you got to keep. So I kind of, I could appreciate how they didn't want to, you know, try to feel like they were just screwing people over, you know, renting yeah. out games and whatnot. You got to figure the most of the games that they would rent out would be the used games mm-hmm. because that way they're not deleting new stock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else do you have to talk about? Uh, well, we talked about uh, Player Unknown Battleground a couple times. Obviously, it's coming out to the Xbox One X as a uh, preview version on the 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an interview with GameStop, Brendan Green said, first and foremost, the Xbox One X edition will offer a higher graphical fidelity compared to the standard Xbox One version. He also added that he would like to see 4K textures on the One X, but that's unconfirmed. Okay. Um, basically, I mean, it's an interesting article. But it's basically him just gushing over the One X on the <laughs> graphics power. Okay. Uh, it's no real surprise there, but it does yeah. obviously confirm that December 12th, which is a little less than a month away, mm-hmm. is when you'll be able to try it through the game preview program. Cool. Cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, it makes it makes sense if you if he went with uh, Xbox for the um, the 4K stuff with the Xbox One X. It makes sense that he'd want to take full. You know, advantage of that in in a really good way. Of course, that's what the console was made to do. Um, yeah, it makes sense, and I hope that uh, even if I don't play the game, which I don't know if I will or won't, um, I'm, I have the interest to. It's just whether I actually do or not. Um, I hope that the game continues to get success, and it has, of course, because it's been nominated for Game of the Year, which you can't really do much much better than that, unless you win Game of the Year, of course, in the industry. <laughs> yeah. So. And plus- since it's on the preview program, you can try it for free. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Best of luck to him. Uh, what else do you have? 
Well, have you ever had a chance to play Stardew Valley? No, but uh, I did see, did watch one of Jim Sterling's videos, and he was quite happy with it. So it's a hugely popular game. I haven't played it myself. Uh, it's it's you know a farming simulator, things like that. Uh, but it is getting a big update, which is allowing multiplayer. Uh, basically, the way it works is that you can build up to three houses for your friends, and then they they connect into your game, and they can be in your game, and you can be in there. So it's interesting that a, a solo, basically, farming sim is uh, adding multiplayer support. But again, that just testaments to the popularity of the game itself. <laughs> you could help out your fellow gardener. I suppose, <laughs> or yeah, farmer. Yeah, and it did just it did just release on the Switch, so that's you know that'll be oh, a good okay. multiplayer uh, version of that on the Switch. Yeah. They did Perfect for in that. the article. They did uh, say that the update for adding all that has been submitted to Nintendo's QA. Uh, the patch, along with the the multiplayer, improves save speed, fixes some bugs, and adds video recording functionality, which I'm guessing is exclusive to the Switch. So, huh. I'm not quite sure what that'll do, but uh, that's interesting. I don't know why you would do video recording in that, so... I don't know, for um, YouTube and stuff. But then Possibly. again, the only way you could do that is if you copied it to an SD card, because YouTube isn't actually on the Switch, so... Um, I guess, that, yeah, that would make sense, because you could easily record it onto the SD card, put that in your laptop, and then go from there. Um, but that's the only reason I can think of. Uh, I mean, you could probably you could take screenshots as well, um, which obviously you could just look in your gallery at whatever. And like, if you were to say, "Oh, I took this screenshot," you go over to your friend's house to play a game, and you can show them that and, and whatever. So, good stuff. Um, cool, yeah, good. St- more good stuff for the Switch is always what what we want. So, or for any good game stuff in the industry. So. Uh, Cool, alright, what else do you have to talk about? Nah, that's all I had. Cool, alright, nice. Um, cool, so you can find us on entertainmenttalk.org, uh, look out for the Star Wars stuff that we've put out, including my review, um, which uh, is going to come out today, later on. Uh, I'm going to update my Assassin's Creed review, like I said, um, just, just to add in my thoughts on the plot, which uh, I did, I quite liked quite a bit. Hopefully we'll have a Justice League review out later in the week, possibly Thursday, Friday. I'm not sure yet, so don't don't hold me to that. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can find Robert's Mixer, uh, which I do still need to add your schedule to the site, and I need to actually come up with my own one. So, because uh, I was gonna stream some Assassin's Creed, but I've actually finished it now, so uh, I can't really do that now. But um, I'm sure I'll, I'll I'll do something. Maybe I'll jump back into to Overwatch again and do something there. Uh, but I'll add that to the, the schedule as well. Uh, you can find us on Patreon. You can find us on iTunes. Please uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Tell your friends and family. Word of mouth. Uh, all that all that stuff helps. Um, send us a tweet. Uh, say come say hi to us. That sort of stuff. Uh, you know what to do. You know how the how the internet works. Uh, So until next time, uh, we'll see you on the next piece of content. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.